Assalamu alaikum. Welcome and thank you for downloading the Ministry of Dawah podcast. Search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. This week's topic is Maidens of Paradise. Inna alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'khfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةٍ رِزْقًا قَالُوا هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقْنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَأُتُوا بِهِ مُتَشَابِهًا وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ وَهُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ صدق الله العظيم السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته بعدس this verse uh, ayah number 25 in surah baqara will inshallah give us a framework uh, for the rest of this talk inshallah because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says bismillahirrahmanirrahim he says wabashiril ladina amanu that glad tidings go out to amanu the ones who believe وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ The ones who do the righteous deeds, the عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And those people will therefore receive Jannah or gardens where rivers flow. So the thing is, is that this is something that uh, will give us the framework. Jannah, and especially today the specific subject, is women in the context of Jannah. Now, let us first begin by saying that believing in the issues of the unseen, the ghayb, the matters of the unseen. This is obligatory for every Muslim to believe in. So Jannah is one of those things. الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقُنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Right? This is mentioned in Surah Baqarah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those of you who believe in the unseen. And one thing I want to pinpoint straight away into this talk, that it's not enough just to believe in the unseen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes that. What are they like? They are the ones, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقُنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ They establish the salah and the zakat. So we can see that there is a practical link between what we do on this earth and how we, uh, in relation to the ghayb and the unseen. And not just belief, in, uh, not just stating as a matter of fact. Now today I was thinking about this issue of women in Jannah and I was thinking, uh, in all fairness, it wouldn't be right to not consider the appropriateness of the subject. And I was thinking, if there was a better deserved people amongst us all, we're all Muslims. Right? But if there was a better deserving people, maybe, maybe it would be the Muslims who are suffering oppression, who are being tortured at the threat of rape, at the threat of being beaten up, at the threat of being turned out of their homes in Syria and in Iraq and all of these Muslim countries under these despot rulers. Maybe they are more deserving, Wallahu alam, that they are more deserving to know, to have this motivation. Because this is supposed to be a motivational talk. Right? Maybe they need this motivation. And maybe where we struggle with lethargy, laziness, you know, promiscuity, 
the unwillingness to sacrifice. Maybe we need to hear about the fire of Jahannam to wake us up. And to, to be honest with you, this is why, though we will look at the verses in relation to the re- verses uh, related to the Qur'an in, in regards to us, and what, uh, what, uh, how we should look at these verses, we first have to look at our mindset. Because believe me, I haven't seen a hadith or ayah or a scholar or mujahideen. This is, oh, I'm running because just of the women on Jannah, that's it. This is why I'm making such sacrifices. This is why I'm going through such difficulties. It is very rare to have such a... Isn't it? It's a very small thing. Yeah? Amongst the many things that you will get in Jannah. So we want to make sure that we purify our thinking. Because the Sahaba who looked at the verses of... Uh, uh, who, who, who heard these verses of the Qur'an, how did they look at these things? For them, you could say, that, you could say the verse you saw in the video and you'll see action from them. They understand this. Their mindset was correct. Today, our minds are plagued with imagery and sounds, right? And thoughts and ideas from the West. Our mind is clouded. And we can't always see these things properly as they should be in the correct context. All the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed were in a certain place, in a certain time, and within a certain context. So we have to ourselves consider our context and our time. Okay? And this is why we have to think, well... If I am to do wudu, to touch the Qur'an, and I have to have makhraj to recite it, then also I have to clear my mind to try and understand these verses. Don't I? Yeah, you do wudu and then you don't understand when you read it. So we have to think about what these verses mean. So in that, let's, let me give you another example actually, to, to send this, kind of me- to this message home. Imam Ghazali gives a very good uh, uh, example of this. He says that, he quotes the hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that uh, that every child is born a Muslim or the fitra of a Muslim, and it is his parents that make him a Zoroastrian or a Christian or a Jew, and so that we have a basic nature about ourselves. But brothers, if I were to be honest with you, I think it has been distorted in this society. I think that we need to realign our inclinations towards Islam, so that we can appreciate these verses. Otherwise, I will be feeding something that is maybe even quite unsavory, something unhealthy for you. So, he mentions the example, he says that when a man is ill, we've all been ill once, right, at the very least, right? When you're severely ill and under fever, you find that your, uh, your taste buds or your palate, it becomes altered. So that even good things don't taste nice. And the things that uh, taste sweet, that everybody in this room will say, honey is sweet, but he tastes that, it tastes bitter. He eats things that are good for him, and he doesn't know that he doesn't want it because these things, those things aren't good for him. And subhanAllah, that is the kind of mindset that I'm talking about, that today people are aspiring or desire this Western idea of a woman. And they have, where is the desire to be in the countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then take the reward that he provides? So to cleanse our mindset, I would like to point out three mentalities that if you have come in with this room, you need to have left it outside the door. Number one is the ill-intentioned. The ill-intent. If you come in here with ill-intent, there was once a man who actually went on a journey, a very spiritual journey. It was the Hijrah. And this Hijrah was to Medina, at which point it had become what? Anybody know? It became the Islamic State. 
The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is waiting there and many Muslims are migrating. With that fervor, that feeling, we want to go somewhere where Muslims are accepted, where Muslims are respected, where women are treated well. So, one man decides that upon planning to make his hijrah, that he was going to get married. And the woman that he was going to marry, the proposal was made in Medina. So he went to Medina to fulfill the condition so that, uh, of being there, so that she, could, she didn't want to come to Makkah, he had to go to Medina to get married. So he went there with the reason to go there and get married. On hearing this, the Prophet wasallam he said, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ He said, every action is judged by its intention, and every man or everyone shall get what he intended. And he continued to say that the one who makes hijrah for Allah and his messenger, وسلم, he will get Allah and his messenger. And the one who just goes for marriage, he will get marriage. SubhanAllah, what a great reward. What a historical reward if you were at that time. You would think I would go there for higher purposes and not reduce my aims in life to just women or something else that we desire. So that's the first, the ill-intentioned. Secondly, the one who denies or does not want to be in the countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when I mean countenance brothers, we'll be specific. The one who gets to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they asked in the video that you saw, that he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Muslims asked, we have one favor of, that we want to ask from you Allah, can we see you? And this is the peak, the pinnacle, the most greatest thing that a Muslim can experience. We talk about experiences, pleasures, enjoyment, happiness. All of these things reach their pinnacle in seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the one who wants to see the maidens of paradise, the Hurun Ain, but does not want to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's not going to see no Hurun Ain. He's not going to see that. Okay? So you have to get your intent right, inshallah. Uh, secondly, the point is the bounties of paradise are there as an encouragement. They're there as a tahrik. They're there to give us a, a, a motivation and they're there to give us sabr as well. Because I understand where a lot of you brothers are coming from, especially the younger unmarried brothers. We are surrounded by many temptations, many things that mess us up. Many, you know, there's so much imagery and there's so much music and it's always reminding you of your instincts. You don't, you today don't even know. Half the time they're so stimulated by music and sounds and they eat too much and they have a link, believe me. Right? That, and they talk too much. The Prophet ﷺ said, if you guard what is between your jaw and what is between your legs, you will get paradise. And people getting very frustrated, talk about what's going on in Muslim world and all that. This is a problem as well, the lack of self-control. And this is something that also we find that we are not seeking the right reward, rewards of Jannah, that we actually have to think that rewards are there after seeking the pleasure of Allah ﷻ. It's what you get after. Because without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you get none of these things. So it's about the ill intent. The second is the immature. I notice some young brothers here, and there will be some sort of sensitive uh, examples maybe given. That they are shy, they're embarrassed. Oh, I don't want to talk about marriage. He's embarrassing. Oh, he mentioned this. Yeah, we talk about sexual desire, and the boys giggle when they look at the floor. Right? 
You're shy. When you become baligh, you should read the hadith about these things. About marriage, about all of these things. You should read this to know that there is a plan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not... Does not uh, Allah SWT is closer to us than our jugular vein. He knows us better than we do. So for that reason, we should know that Allah SWT has given us guidance. He's given us a path so that we can read the Quran and we can, and we can read hadith and we can find out about these issues. So that means that we should not be shy about talking about this subject and emboldened and unashamed to talk about zina, to want to look at images, to talk about lewd, have lewd speech, to talk about it and to listen to it. But rather we should be talking about the real things. Why? The reason is because the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-knowledgeable, the all-knowing, He knows, He knows about us. And He knows about how to satisfy this instinct that men and women have. So when you're talking to your 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old friends, and you're giggling away and you're talking about girls, none of you know anything. You don't know anything. Your speculation is untested. Isn't it? You're talking about things you don't know about. One of the scholars used to say, he said that the long, the long known path, the path that is long, that is known, is better than the path that is short, the shortcut that is unknown. And lastly, so we dealt with the ill-intentioned and the immature. Lastly, the image. Uh, uh, the ignoramus, or the one who is ignorant, the one also who will not benefit from the discussion about women of Jannah. He is someone who, sadly in the society, we have this attitude that uh, I want the reward without making the effort. Isn't it? I call it the X-factor syndrome. People go on X-factor, they can't sing, they think they can sing, they're tone deaf, and they, can't hear, they think they're singing amazingly. They're riffing, they, they, they can't sing. And Muslims are like that. They're not aware of their own actions. They're not aware of their own state and their own behavior. So we as Muslims, we need to think about actually that we, we can't be deluded in such a way. And the fact that, I mean, I'll give you an example. From 18 years old, I've been, uh, you know, I've run a business. I've spent most of my life trying to make money in that business when it comes to work. I haven't even had time to think about how to spend it. And today we're going to have a talk about what we're going to do in Jannah or what we're going to get. We have to have this in relation to what we're going to do for it. What are you willing to do, brothers? So this is the question. Uh, secondly, uh, yes, this is the, the last point is to do with understanding ourselves in relation to women. The brother gave uh, very eloquently uh, a, a, a disclaimer on this issue that one of the main problems today is that how we relate to women. Because how can you desire a, a woman of Jannah or want to be in Jannah and get the rewards and you don't treat women properly? You talk about them and you dehumanize them. You humiliate them by watching them. You watch them on, the, on your screen at home and we humiliate them. And then now we want women of Jannah. Subhanallah. We lower ourselves. We lower ourselves by going to school, going to university and college, and we, we're talking to them, and we're free mixing with them. Not realizing that we have descended so low to love one woman, and we have de dehumanized the whole of womankind. We've made them a very low currency because of our behavior. And I'll give you an analogy that 
I often think about uh, the, the, the one that makes it sense for me when I, dis- when I discuss this. Because what we're talking about is the women and the temptations that you have in this society or what is described as beautiful and the women of Jannah. And the example that I think about is, I don't know, I have a, a very, there's a quite well-known restaurant in my area. It's called Tayyub's. Anyone know where Tayyub's is? Anyone been in Tayyub's? The grilled chops, right? The grilled chops. It's all about the grilled chops. Okay? Now imagine you're making a journey to Tayyub's. And on your way there, you, you, you're smelling uh, how many PFCs? Anyone know my area? You can imagine. Yeah, probably about 20. Yeah? So you walk past these PFCs, these fried chicken shops, these fried chicken wing temptations. Right? These chicken and chips girls that we see. You see them every time you come out of station. When I come out of Whitechapel station, there's always going, all right, me, what's going Someone's talking about some strange thing. They're swearing. These are Muslim girls imitating the Western girls. They're swearing. You know, they're very profane, very ugly, actually. It's very against their nature. Subhanallah. So you smell these uh, PFC, and you think, Subhanallah, I can't make it to Tayyub's. I need to stop off, probably have a few wings. All right, the chicken and chip girls. And, you, and, and, you, and you're walking past, and, by the, and you know what, you turn down a few. You turn down about 15 of them. And then just on the last minute, you're thinking, I can't take this anymore, this is taking too long, and Tayyub's have a long queue. So best thing to do is go into a PFC. Get the quick satisfaction. Take the short route. And you go in there and you eat the PFC. And brothers, if we all be honest, just like the PFC, feel a little bit ashamed and disgusted with yourselves. <laughs> right? That's what it is. And subhanAllah, this is the analogy I can give. That the, how if we expect to meet the women of Jannah, and for them to, uh, uh, for us to be close to them, how are we going to attain that if we actually desire these Western supermodels, these women, these singers, and all of these people? You have to think about that. And the next time you're walking through college, or you're walking through your university corridors, and some girl comes up and approaches you and talks to you, not even to go out, just you want to hang out. That's what they do nowadays. Right? Just say, oh, I'm, on, I'm on my way to somewhere better, inshallah. That's, that's where I'm going. I haven't got time for this. All right? Don't take any shortcuts. So these are the three things in terms of, I would say, uh, the, the one who's ignorant of, of his own self. The last example I'll give you is about the respect to women. The first shaheed in Islam was who? Sumaya. The first Muslim was? Ah. And... In Islam, there's one specific worship that's actually based on the actions of a woman. No other religion, okay, no other religion has a ritual, a worship that is based on the actions that is so loved in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that every man, every man has to practice it. What is that? Anyone know? Safa Marwa. That's right. The Safa Marwa is Hajar, the wife of Ibrahim alayhi wasallam. And she's carrying Ismail alayhi wasalam. And we have to do that. We have to go up the Safa Mara. It's very difficult. I've just come back from there. It's very difficult. And you have to do that because a woman who had pure tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that she practiced that. And we have to do that because she did that. We have to follow her example. And, and also, women are mothers. The Prophet ﷺ said, he's narrated that, he said that women, 
Yeah, your mother lies at, uh, Jannah lies at the feet of your mother or under the feet of your mother. The man asked the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Who should I be dutiful to more, my mother or my father?" He had re- the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam repeated "mother, your mother" three times before he mentioned the father. This is the respect that women are given. So before we want we look at this subject, we have to first cleanse our thinking, respect women, understand ourselves and be mature about this that we have to actually do some hard work if we want to uh, uh, go to jannah inshallah so let's return to the verse we said wa bashiril ladina amanu wa amilus salihati anna lahum jannatin tajri min tahtiha al anhar this is the good news for those who uh, uh, do the amilus salihat who fulfill the amilus salihat anna lahum jannatin tajri min tahtiha al anhar and for them will be gardens under which rivers flow. Now here's the bit relevant to today. The, uh, it continues. كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةٍ رِزْقًا قَالُوا هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقُنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَأَوْتُوا بِهِ مُتَشَابِهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is in translation, that كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةٍ That every time they will be provided with رُزِقُوا uh, with provisions, Thamara, uh, 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 the fruit, and and the people will say in Jannah, the people of Paradise, they will say, "Qalu ruzqina, qalu ruzqina min qablu wa utubihi mutashabiha." So they will say that the thing that we have experienced in Jannah, some, I remember something like this on Earth. There's some resemblance, mutashabiha. It resembles something in the dunya. This is, a, this is a very interesting angle, brothers. Because if you can latch your mind onto this, you will really appreciate Jannah. You can give you examples, we can give you videos. But have you th- if you think about it, when you read novels or if you watch film, the scariest thing is the thing you cannot see. But when it's shown on film, it's not the same thing. So this is, make you use your imagination a bit, inshallah, and, w- and think about this. That they say this resembles something. Some, it's something like this. وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٌ مُتَحَّرَةٌ وَهُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ That you be given أَزْوَاجٌ مُتَحَّرَةٌ Yeah, أَزْوَاج This is spouses. Yeah? Singular would be زَوْجٌ That you will be given wives. مُتَحَّرَةٌ And they will be pure. And they will be pure from any form of uncleanliness. Interesting here that the word used is spouse. You see, brothers, again, you know, if you are, you know, like you have like this uh, uh, repulsion that the idea of marriage and you're running for girlfriend, then realize that there's no girlfriend in, uh, there's no girlfriend in Jannah. You're, you're looking in the wrong place, brothers. We're looking in the wrong place. You know, the brother on Facebook, he puts a picture of him and his, you know, his girlfriend, he takes a photo, Right? So that you can, so that he can be happy because you see what he has. He's not happy. He needs you to see that, and then he'll be happy. This is the this is the this is the the two Facebook nature of today, right? So the thing is, is that the similarity, the question of similarity is interesting. How do we compare things in this dunya and the things in Jannah? How is it multiplied? How is it understood? How do we appreciate this? Well, we can see definitely that if you're in Jannah then you will appreciate, you will understand the similarity. Today, there's many ayat that you cannot compare. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it that it's very, it's beyond, 
beyond comparison. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us names. He gives us uh, words that describe and give us some idea, some small semblance of what it is like. The Prophet ﷺ said, he said the difference between the dunya and the akhirah is like the man who dips his finger into an ocean and he sees what's remaining on his, on his finger. How much, what, much, how much resemblance is there in that? So the resemblance is we need to think about how this magnifies. We really got to try and stretch our understanding and our imagination to think, at least try our best. Alright? And I'll give you an example to appreciate this. I was in Umrah recently, and one of the most, ama- probably the most amazing experience, anyone who's gone to Umrah, you, you'll probably, you know, I think you'll agree with me, is when you first lay your eyes on the Kaaba. There is nothing more grand, so nothing more amazing, nothing that makes you, just your heart, start beating hard, than when you first lay your, lay your eyes on the Kaaba. Yeah, Baytullah. Yet, I saw some young brothers, and on, on, on approaching the Kaaba, instead of the dua, instead of thinking about what to th- say, what to think, to ask forgiveness straight away, they pulled their camera phone out. Right? And they were watching the Kaaba through the screen, which is taking the image, the experience, the atmosphere, the awe, through a little lens, and they're watching it on the screen that's about that big. Not the panoramic view that we as human beings are blessed with, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, that we could see. They're watching it on a screen this big, 2.5 inch screen. Right? Sounds amazing, not when you compare it to your eyes. Right? And this is, I would give you some kind of idea of the comparison between the dunya and the akhirah, or rather the things in the dunya and the things in Jannah. Uh, okay. the, the second verse, this is mentioned in, uh, it was mentioned on the leaflet actually. It says, Wahurun uh, Ain. This is mentioned in the leaflet. It's mentioned Wahurun Ain. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Waqi'ah, this is uh, Surah 56, verse 22. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the hurun ayn are the fair maidens with white eyes or, uh, or, or eyes like guarded pearls. Okay? And is described here and it says, maknun. The hurun ayn with the eyes like guarded pearls. And the description here given of this hurun ayn, the maidens, the beautiful women of Jannah. And wives of Jannah. And the pearls, you have to think that Allah SWT has given us some idea now of something in the dunya to compare it to the akhirah. Pearls. Anyone know how, a, how you come about finding a pearl? If you did, you know, you'll be rich. Okay? But pearls are very rare. They're deep down at the bottom of the ocean, inside shells uh, of uh, oysters. Right? Oyster shells. And they form over a long period of time and to be that perfect shape. And to give you a description of the pearl, it's very translucent because it has hundreds of layers that have accumulated over time. And if you give some idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has specially made these women of Jannah, they are not human beings, they are women of, they have been made there. So much so that we can think that, you know, the, the luster of their eyes. Imagine when we look at a pearl, we see that the pearl is like a white mirrored metallic Reflective color, very translucent. 
These are the, uh, the, just the eyes of the women of Jannah. These are eyes, brothers, that we will be, will be lost in, to be honest with you. We'll be lost in these eyes. <coughs> yeah? One scholar narrates that a man, will, when he first sees his wife in Jannah, he will look at her for 40 years before he's moved on to any other thing. There's so much. Because in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, when it says, وَحُورٌ Ain, there's a verse before it, which it basically describes أُولَٰئِكَ uh, muqarrabun. And this is, comes from the word, muqarrabun comes from the word qurba uh, and aqrabu, meaning the one who is near and close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yet again, we link it back. The first verse is what? The ones who are near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they will get what? Allah describes the food, then He describes the home, then He describes the couch, right? Then He describes the women. The women come last in this, right? And the description He gives is that they will have a luster uh, in their eyes like pearls. Next, let's look at some of the descriptions of Jannah. Yeah, let's look at some more detailed descriptions of the women of Jannah. The Prophet wasallam said, the inhabitants of Jannah will go to the market every Friday. And they will look and they will, a, a northern wind, I don't know how you would describe that here, but say northern, it will come from a, a direction in Jannah. And, they, and all of the men and all of the women, they will be beautified. And the man will go home to his wife, to his palace rather, and she will say to him, and he will also say to her, by Allah, you are more beautiful than you were yesterday. And this is the amazing thing about the women of Jannah and the men in Jannah, that they will be more beautiful every day, every day, they will become more beautiful. This is not something that is temporary. You know, they say, you know, they say, uh, 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 beauty doesn't last in the society, but dumb is forever. They say that, right? Beauty doesn't last, dumb is forever. Okay? And the fact is, is in there, we will all be, we will all be beautiful. Okay? Inshallah. And that the husbands, the wives will be happy with their husbands. And the husband will be happy with his wives. This is a controversial issue that if you want to bring up in the question and answer, we'll go through it, inshallah. Okay? I don't want to offend anyone. And the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Therein you shall have all that your inner selves desire, and then therein you shall have for which you ask for, everything that you ask for. Uh, another hadith in Tirmidhi, the Prophet ﷺ said, Every man who enters paradise shall be given 72 huris, yeah? no matter at what age he died, and when he is admitted into paradise, he will become a 30-year-old, which, if you think about it, says something about, to be honest, the age group, the young brothers, 16, 15 years old, you know everything about life. Yeah? 30 years old will be the age of every man and woman. And they shall not age any further. Ibn Kathir in his Bidayah wa Nihaya, he, he mentions also that the Huri will sing for their own husbands. That the women of Jannah, they will sing. So while you recline on your couch, they will sing for you. Right? SubhanAllah. This is something that, you know, you've been through, if you think about how you got to Jannah, you've been through a rough ride. Very difficult ride, you know. The woman of Jannah, you know, she, she puts you on the couch, she, she's singing to you. You know, she's saying, you poor, poor thing. <laughs> what have you been through? 
she reminds you of the difficulty in the past, you know. She says, oh, you've been through tough times, you poor, poor thing. Right? So this is something that I think men will understand. I, in fact, I asked, I asked her, so it's quite simple, uh, d- simple desires actually, if you, you realize when you grow up, uh, when we get older. A lot of the, I think the married brothers, inshallah, I'll see if, if they agree with me or not. I asked my three-year-old about the women of Jannah. All right? And we had previous chats about Jannah per se. All right? And I asked him, what do you want from the women of Jannah? He turned around to me, he said, all he said was, I want them to feed me and be nice to me. <laughs> and subhanAllah, if you ask any man, you put every married person, they'll tell you, that is, that's my idea of heaven. Alright? And the women of Jannah, in terms of their requirements for the husband, let me give some advice, so you can tell your sisters, okay, you could tell, uh, or, you know, whoever's watching, I guess, right? that the sister should realize that you are selling yourself short if you think that you're after, um, was it, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, like looking, you know, a look-alike, or a mixture. Yeah? Porge Clooney, right? You don't want that kind of, you don't want a mixture. The men of Jannah will be so beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you that you will be so happy, you will be forever happy. And that the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has is greater than ours. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that men and women will be happy and we will be taken away from all the... The, the problems that we have in this life. I'll tell you what I mean by that. A lot of the pleasures we talk about, or the some things that are allowed, or even some things that are not allowed, they always come with some form of impediment, some form of difficulty, or some bad side to it. There's never a good thing that's just good. If you like chocolate cake, if you eat about, I don't know, depending on how big you are, but if you eat about 20 slices, you'll like vomit eventually. You can't eat that much. So the fact is, is that there's a downside to all of the things in this dunya. In the Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes away, in this, in this verse that is mentioned on that leaflet, it uh, carries on in Surah Waqiyah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there will be no ill speech, there will be no arguing. Yeah? Sigh of relief from the married brothers. There will be no arguing, there will be no kind of uh, ill feeling that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put us in a state that we're consistently all the time, forever, and there, you know, it's for eternity we'll be happy, inshallah. Uh, and just to, uh, for, uh, from the sisters who may ask this to, uh, to you, or your sisters may ask, the men, what they will look like, what, you will, what will we look like, right? Because to be honest with you, when, uh, when women, they, they go home, and they see clothes lying around on, on the bed, they see the keys and change just thrown on top of the cupboard. I think only the brothers know, you know, our, our crimes, right? And they just see a total mess thinking, SubhanAllah, I've got to go to Jannah to find that. <laughs> yeah? The description that the scholars, they accumulated, they said that the, 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 the man in Jannah, the husband in Jannah, they will have the height of Adam, alayhi wasallam, which is about 90 yards in height. The beauty of Yusuf, Yusuf alayhi wasallam, who was the most beautiful man, remember. Uh, the age of Isa alayhi wasalam, which was of 30 years old. Um Salama, radallahu anha, asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam, he asked her a question about this. This is a, a question that would have come to the mind of uh, many women. He asked, uh, she asked, O um, Rasulullah, are the women of this world superior to the Hurs, the Huri in uh, Jannah? 
And the Prophet ﷺ replied, The women of this world will have superiority over their Dhuhr al-Ain, like the difference between the outer layer of the garment and the inner layer of the garment. This is be the wife in Jannah. So yet again, let me tell you something else about the women of Jannah in terms of respect. The native gender of Jannah, the native gender, meaning the one, the gender of men and women, women are already part of Jannah, subhanAllah. They're already part of Jannah. And that the women, the wives, they will be the queen of the Hurul Ayn. And another thing, that when we talk about uh, why, uh, uh, you know, girlfriends, or, you know, we falling into very basic kind of short-term solutions for our problems, we should realize that actually that it's a wife that we're seeking. Because let me tell you something, there are women of Jannah, possibly, out there. These are the uh, under construction, work in progress, our future wives, inshallah, on this earth. They, they can already be here, inshallah. But what are you looking for? What are you looking for? The biblical term is Jezebels. You probably heard it in a rap. Right? You're looking for these loose women, cheap, who degrade themselves. Because we want Jannah, and when we close our eyes, some brothers, when they close their eyes and they think about Jannah, they're thinking it's some sort of exclusive nightclub, boozed up women, strobe lights, smoke everywhere, cheap booze, cheap women. Subhanallah, you have set your goals so low. It's like a man who goes to the most posh, most expensive restaurant in the country. And he just eats the breadsticks. And he thinks, oh, this is the most amazing breadsticks I've ever eaten. This is, this is bad. Why have you set your goals so low? We are trying to become men who want to be in the garden of paradise. We shouldn't have the aspirations of a pimp that we want to be in some sort of nightclub, some sort of strange thing that we imagine because of the West. The gardens of paradise so is not some dark, gloomy corner, you know, full of smoke. Right? Um, now the wives of Jannah. Let me give you the description of the wives of Jannah. Because I've just told you that they are more beautiful in every way than the Hurul Ain, the ones who are created in Jannah. The human women in Jannah, our wives in Jannah, inshallah. The Prophet ﷺ replied, The women of this world will have superiority over the horse. This he tells Um Salama, just as the outer lining of the garment has superiority over the inner lining. And then Um Salama asked, O oh Rasulullah, what is the reason for this? He answered, Because they performed salah, fasted, and worshipped Allah, and will put light on their faces and silk on their bodies. And he said, And they will be of fair complexion, meaning that they will faces will light up, they will be luminous. They will have green clothing, like a green kimono, right? Green clothing and yellow jewelry, gold jewelry. Their incense burners will be made of pearls and their combs will be made of gold. And they will say, we, the women, we are the women who will stay forever and will never die. We'll never leave you. And we are the women who will always remain in comfort and we will never undergo difficulty. We are the women who will stay here and we will never leave. Listen, they will say to you, we are happy women, and we will never become sad. These are our wives in Jannah. These are the wives, the human wives in Jannah. Glad tidings to those for whom we are, uh, and who are for us. 
In conclusion, I have to, uh, I, I'll suggest something to you, brothers. That if we want to have the melodious singing of the women of Jannah, then we may be, it become difficult for us to hear that if we're going to hear the women of this dunya. If we want to speak just in conversation with the women of Jannah, then maybe we want to avoid lewd speech with brothers and speech with girls. If we want to walk with the women of Jannah, then maybe we need to not be in that environment where boys and girls mix. It is a very common occurrence today. More than, far more than it was before. And that if we want to uh, uh, be genuinely happy, then that means we have to put our reliance on tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a verse, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَتْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَتْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبُ that the one who finds satisfaction in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What, does it mean? what do we mean by remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Does it mean just doing tasbih? It means da'wah, it means salah, it means fasting, it means enjoying the good, it means forbidding the evil. It is not restrictive. That the one who finds satisfaction in doing these things, his heart will find satisfaction. And so therefore the satisfaction and the happiness, brothers, we are looking for, don't take the rough terrain, the unknown terrain, that these non-Muslims, that they're constantly making mistakes, and trial and testing and failing, but take the well-known path that the Prophet ﷺ gave us, so that we can be happy and content. And last thing, is as a reminder, since I started with it, I'll end with this, inshallah, that we must as Muslims respect all women. Do you understand? All women. And then after that, we should love a section of them, meaning our Muslim brothers. And we should desire one of them, or one at a time, at least, if you're married four times. But our problem today, brothers, is that we desire all of them. We respect none of them. And we hate, I've seen, I've heard the kind of harsh words that Muslims speak about, hijabi girls. That we hate the ones who are actually trying to practice their deen. So love all of them, respect all of them rather, love a section of them, and desire only one of them, insha'Allah. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can subscribe to it from our blogspot at centralmod.blogspot.com to receive our weekly podcast. Assalamu alaikum.